Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Come on, what an honor to be at his conference 2020, amen? Has it been good so far for y'all? Incredible, incredible. Hey, what did y'all think about Prophet Gustavo last night, huh? Pretty good at what he does, right? Amen. I'll tell you who else is great at what they do, and that is Pastor Chris McDonald is in the house tonight. We love him. I love you. One of my dear friends, I'll tell you what's got one of the greatest churches in western Kentucky and has the greatest church I believe there's ever been in Crittenden County, Kentucky. And God's on the move down there. It's growing supernaturally. They built new buildings. Uh, people get born again consistently down there, healed, filled with the Spirit. I'll tell you, he's got a real healing anointing on his life, and it's going to another level. Uh, God's taking him to the nations as well, doing ministry in the Philippines, and that's only just begun. He's just getting a taste of what God's going to do in his life there. And I'll tell you, when he comes to teach, it is hilarious. It's like a faith-filled Jeff Foxworthy had a child with Kenneth Copeland. And, uh, you know, it's what it feels like. And I know that's a little weird, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's like, it's like Jeff Foxworthy teach faith. And I'll tell you, there's an anointing on his life um, to break through barriers. And I've watched God increase it, increase it, increase it. I'm telling you, he preached out in Amarillo, and, and he tore it up. And he's going to tear it up tonight. Y'all give Pastor Chris McDonald a big hand clap. Hey, we love you, brother. I love you, man. Come on, can you praise Jesus? Come on, can you lift your voice to heaven? Come on, give God your best praise. Come on, he's worthy of all of it. Come on, pour your heart out to heaven. Forget about your problems. Focus on Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, Henderson, where are you? I was in a Benny Hinn crusade for a minute. Sing it again, brother. I wanted to get a white suit and walk around up here for a while. This is great. Praise the Lord. God is so good. And I hope you came looking for a miracle in your life. If you came expecting God to do something in your life, he will meet you at your place of faith. Amen? Now, don't sit out there quiet. I'm not, I ain't into quiet church so much. If I want to preach to quiet people, I'll go to a graveyard. <laughs> I am so thankful to be here. So grateful to be here, honored to be here. I love your pastors. I love the staff at all of his church locations. And uh, you, you are blessed 
with five-star top-shelf leaders. And I'm not just saying this to get everybody to clap. I tell them that when we're all just hanging out. I love them, love them, love them. They've been such a blessing to our family and to our church. And I say it every time I get a chance. If it had not been for Pastor Brian and Pastor Jesse, we would have quit. We wouldn't have made it. And they talked us off the ledge several times. And I'm going to talk to you tonight a little bit about what was driving that wanting to quit. Because I believe when God called us back to Kentucky, see, we went to Texas for five years, trained in what's now His Church Amarillo. And I feel like, I was thinking about it today, it was like we were away at fight camp training to come back to where God had ordained us to be. And there's a spirit that has dominated this area for decades, maybe a century, a long time, let's say that. A good while, <laughs> right? And that spirit is a spirit of religion. So if you're real religious, you're going to be real uncomfortable in here tonight, I promise. I can guarantee you, you'll get uncomfortable. But that's good, because we can get that monkey off your back. Amen? can't stand religion. Jesus didn't like it. So why should we? Why should we put up with things that hold us in bondage? Come on, I want to be free in God. I want everything God has for me. So I found out if I do what Jesus did, I can have it. Right? So let's get going. I, enough of the preliminaries. Let's start throwing punches. Right? So just a minute ago, we were talking about uh, or singing about the veil had been torn, the door had been swung open, and now we can go in. Go in where? To the throne of grace, where we find mercy in our time of need. My guess is there are some people in here who have a need. No? If not, let's go eat. Hmm? You've been invited to the throne of God to get help in your time of need. And some of you won't go because you're good church people. I'll come to you in a minute. Years ago, a pastor in Crittenden County told me about a vision he'd had while praying. And it stuck with me. I've never forgotten it. And leading up to this meeting, I've really been thinking about it. And he was having a lot of difficulty at the time. And he said, man, I've really been seeking the Lord. And I saw a vision, I thought. Well, that's pretty cool, I guess. 
because I didn't know anything about that kind of stuff. How many of you have come to a church like this not really knowing what to expect? I got my hand up because I was one of you. <laughs> right? So he said, I had a vision of an old man in a rocking chair rocking back and forth, laughing, laughing, laughing. And he said, I asked him, who are you? He said, I'm religion. And he said, this is my area. That man no longer is a pastor. And so far as I know, he doesn't live for the Lord. He got dominated by something that Jesus had defeated. You have been called and created to be a giant killer. David, we all know it, he killed a giant. Yes? The giant he killed outweighed him by a lot. And, you know, I don't know all the numbers. I mean, some of y'all are, most people in this room are 10 times smarter than I am. You can figure it out. But I'm telling you, he's a big old boy. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. If you're walking out there and you're like five foot nothing, and there's a guy across the field that's like, you know, nine foot, 10 foot, 11 foot tall, the odds for you winning this fight are not good. Right? It'd be like me and Bill Mayfield getting into it. It's kind of big. <laughs> he wouldn't stand a chance. I mean, it's just, just, no. <laughs> Y'all thought that was going another way, didn't you? <laughs> Cut and run. Cut and run, you know. Anyway, some of y'all got that. See, the difference with when David walked out there, the difference between him and everybody else there is David understood the covenant he had. And so when he talked about, he said, listen, he's, I've already killed a lion. I've already killed a bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It took me a long time to figure out the significance of what he was talking about. But he was talking about, there's a guy standing over there that doesn't have a covenant. And he's running his mouth to covenant people. I have a covenant. He, to me, he, he's no different than an animal that I would kill. So it's going to be no problem to go over there and take care of business. Or as we say in Marion, business. I mean, it's, you know, you got to get a little more refined at some of these places you go to. I mean, Back in the back, they have a thing with a bunch of fruit on it, and it's called charcuterie. In Marion, it's a fruit tray, okay? <laughs> like, it took me about five tries to even say the word. I'm like, what is that, Greek? I mean, what's, what's the meaning of that word, charcuterie? <laughs> so... David just says, well, we'll just put it in West Kentucky terms. I'm fixing to come over there and whip you. <laughs> so Goliath, he laughed. He thought, well, that's just dumb. I mean, who does he think he is? He said, listen, 
you come at me with all your stuff, all your shield and your sword, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. In other words, I'm coming to you in the covenant I have, and I'm going to come over there, and I'm going to put you on the ground. Then I'm going to take your sword, that you, your strength that you rely on, and I'm going to cut your head off and then feed you to the birds of the air. Pretty bold talk. And then he backed it up. Why? Because he went in faith. He went believing in the covenant that he had with God, knowing that heaven was going to back every move he made. See, this is what you need to understand. What I'm talking about tonight is you getting free. What I'm, there are going to be people get healed in this room that have thought healing wasn't for you. There are going to be people who you start to open up in your finance, in your life, because you thought for years being broke was some kind of good thing toward God because that's what people had told you. It's not true. Healing is for you. It's not God's will for you to be sick. I cannot find anywhere in Scripture that Jesus went around having cancer crusades. I cannot find anywhere in Scripture where Jesus went around laying hands on people who were well and making them sick. The only thing I can find is Jesus going around where there's sick people and making them well. Well, I was taught it wasn't God's will. Well, you were taught wrong. Now, I know that's probably incorrect grammar, but figure it out. There'll be a lot of that before this is over. So just get used to it now. It'll save you the trouble later. Amen. So some people think, well, you know, it's okay if so-and-so is healed or, you know, that was great for Zeke to get blessed, but I just don't think that's God's will for me. Well, you'll not be bothered with it then. If you think healing isn't for you, you won't be bothered with it. If you think financial blessing's not for you, you won't be bothered with it. If you think it's not God's will for your family to be sane, you'll have a crazy family. Come on. Look, I didn't come to play games. I cannot stand religion because it keeps people in bondage. It keeps good people from fulfilling what God created them to do. So I don't like it. I don't like it because Jesus didn't like it. So I don't like it. So therefore, before this night is over, some of you are going to leave here free. If you choose to leave here in bondage, just remember, you chose it, not God. If you choose to leave here addicted, just remember, you chose it, not God. If you choose to leave here sick, just remember, you chose it, not God. On the way home, just remember, it was you that chose it, not God, because God's already made his choice. When he put Jesus on the cross, he made his choice about sin so you could receive forgiveness just like the few that did a while ago and the ones last night and the one the night before and the ones that will be here tomorrow night that received Jesus, the ones in the Henderson campus that received Jesus, the ones in the Amarillo and Dumas campus that received Jesus. What are they doing? They're receiving something that's already been paid for. When you get healed, it's already been paid for. You're not begging God, oh God, heal me, please do something. He's saying, I've already done it, receive it. 
Oh, God, save me, please, if you can, if you can just figure it out how to do it. I've already done it. Just receive it. God bless me. Well, get on the plan that I've laid out, and it comes to you naturally. We're going to talk about money again because I felt somebody when I said that go, <laughs> I'm coming for you. How do you break religion? You teach the word of God. Yeah. Teach the word of God. You teach the word of God. You teach the word of God. You, come on, you teach the word of God. The word of God is bigger than anything you've got going on. Amen. All right, how about some word? Some of you, so I'm gonna pray at the end of the service for everybody that walks up here. I don't have to know what's wrong with you. Here's your part. Be ready to receive. That's it. I don't, I don't have to know what's going on because we won't have time to go through all that. I'm going to come by you and lay hands on you, and here's what's going to happen. The power of God is going to come on you. Yes. Don't come up here thinking, well, I don't know if it's going to work or not. Then stay seated. Yeah. Come on, we can play tic-tac-toe or we can get down to it. Amen. When you walk up here, you walk up here knowing God's going to touch me. Why? Because the man of God said so. And I believe what he said because it's in the word of God that if I come boldly to the throne, God meets me right there. He said come boldly. He didn't say come crawling in begging. Oh, God, if you would just do a little something, I'd love for it. No, he said come boldly. Why? Because of the blood of his son. Not because of anything we've done or haven't done. It's the blood of Jesus that gets access to that room. And we can go boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy in our time of need. Amen? Some of you have went through stuff in life. I was just talking to a friend today, and I said, man, I promise when I preach this tonight, I'm not picking on you. I was already going to say it anyway. He goes, okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, how many of you know, some of y'all been in here before and think, somebody told him. Let's be honest. Somebody told pastor what I knew I couldn't trust those people. Yeah, that somebody was the spirit of God. Some people think when they go through stuff that being quiet about it is the answer. That they can't tell anybody. Listen, this is a lie of religion. Religion tells you this. You got to have it all together. You got to be perfect all the time. You, you can't do anything wrong. If you do anything wrong, you must not be saved. Then I am in trouble. Huh? No, you're going to mess up. There's going to be some stuff not go right. There's going to be some stuff come against you. Shutting down and being quiet is the wrong answer. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do because as long as he can keep you quiet, he can keep you from getting help. James 5, 16 proves it. Confess your faults, your faults, your failures, right? Confess your sins, faults to each other. And what? Put it on Facebook and tell everybody about it. 
blab it everywhere you can on every outlet and run them down and make yourself feel better. No, that's not what it said. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Not talking about your body being healed. He's talking about that broken place being healed. Confessing your faults to one another so that you may be healed. Well, if you confess something, you have to say something. Well, I just can't find anybody I can trust. Yes, you can. That's the next lie. You have to find someone that you can pull the mask off to. You have to. I have someone. Your pastors have someone. And if you're smart, you'll get someone. I'm telling you, you have to have someone. You guys, campus pastors, you better have someone. You better have someone because it's going to get tough sometimes. There will be strain that you didn't know you could have. There will be things happen you didn't understand, and you have to have someone to sit in front of and say, here's how I feel. Don't judge me. I do that with your pastor. I can tell him anything and say it however I want. Some of you couldn't handle it. That's why we don't talk to you about it. <laughs> Come on, it's the truth. You know, in the military, the officers have their tent. Because they can talk officer stuff and the officers get it. It's, it's no downplay on anybody. It's just the way it is. If you knew some of the stuff we dealt with, you would run. Like you would leave here cutting donuts out of the parking lot. Come on, y'all don't, y'all sitting over there quiet now like I don't want to amen. I mean, my, <laughs> yeah, you better leave me up here by myself. <laughs> now, the area of money, I, so I told you I'd come find you. What are you supposed to do with your money? Well, God said, Test him in it, right? Tithe, 10% of all your increase comes to the house of God. Well, now that's Old Testament, that's law. No, it came before the law. Oh, it came way before the law. So let's just get that out in the open and kick that religious cow over right now. It came before the law and it's honoring God with your first fruits. It's doing what the word of God commands. And when you do that, the windows of heaven are open over your life. Now, I don't know about anybody else in this room because I can only speak for myself and my wife, but I really like an open window because blessing comes. Why is that good? Because when blessing comes, then we can bless others. We're blessed to be a I'm going to tell you right now, if you're broke, busted, and disgusted, it's hard to pay for somebody's meal. Hmm? It's hard to make somebody's car payment. It's hard to pay somebody's debt off. Right? Is it getting too stout for y'all? Huh? Make sure. Jesus found money in fish. 
It was so funny when he was talking to Zeke about found money. I'm like, Jesus was like, hey, go down there and find a fish. And when you do, you'll open his mouth up and there'll be a gold coin in it. Bring it to me. We'll pay our taxes. I'm like, what? In other words, it's not just one way you can get money. There's found money, right? Now, for all of you that are watching and, and anybody in this room that thinks, well, you, I'm just going to tell you, preacher, I don't agree with that. I, I don't care what you say. Jesus was poor, and we're supposed to be poor with him. Okay, then let me ask you a question. How many people do you know that are living homeless with no money that have a treasurer? How many people do you know that have no money that have a treasurer? You don't know anybody? Because there's nothing to count. Not only did Jesus have a treasurer, his treasurer was a thief. He stole money on a regular basis and they always had enough. I'm just going to let it hang in the air. <laughs> See, it's a funny thing about being a preacher. You can feel the tension. And I'm, you can go anywhere in the world and talk about money and get tension that fast. Because we all know it takes money. Money should never be your boss. Ever. You ought to be telling your money what to do. I tithe, I give, and then I command my money. It's the truth. I used to let my money talk to me. And I didn't have much to do. You know, there wasn't much talking going on. Huh? It's the truth. Soon I had five jobs between us and could barely pay the bills. That many. Cinco. Also known as a fishing worm, Cinco. <clears throat> I'm just telling you. It's the truth. Where are my fishing people at? Have you ever used a Cinco worm? <laughs> of course you have. There's redneck words for everything. Don't, don't mess with me. No, do not mess with me. There's nothing wrong with money. It takes money to build buildings. It takes money to plant 96 more campuses. They ain't going to do it by themselves because they got to have staff. They got to take care of people. It takes some money. Don't be, no golf clapping in here. No, don't be golf clapping. Campus, you ought to be shouting. I mean, every time they say, hey, next month, or it's this month now, right? Dumas, this month, Dumas is going to be online. Bam, y'all ought to go crazy every campus. Then the next one they plant, bam, you ought to go crazy. Yes. Why? Because money don't have us. We have money. Yes, We've got it by the tail and we tell it to do what we want. Yes, don't let money rule you. Don't let your job rule you. Don't let money tell you what to do. You tell your money what to do. Yes, You're the boss. Yes, All right. 
Enough of that. Kill the giant of money. When we took, when we started at Life in Christ, they could barely pay the bills. I'm not, and what I'm about to tell you is not bragging. I'm only telling you this because it came out of the Word of God and it came by faith. They were waiting from Sunday to Sunday to pay the next bill. They said, if it doesn't work within a year, we're shutting the doors. I was like, man, you sent me? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I walked in the office. I said, where's the checkbook? They put the checkbook out on the desk. I said, all right, everybody put your hands on it. They said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to command money to come into it. Who do we give to? Well, they've stopped giving. I said, well, we're starting giving. Well, we don't have that much. Well, we might as well give it all away if it ain't enough to do what we need. Just give, start giving. Come on, let's start sowing seed. We started sowing seed. We commanded money to come in, and guess what? It did. It had to listen. It did. Debbie could tell you. Debbie, sweet, she'll come up here and smile and tell you, y'all will love it. I tell you, you're like, <laughs> some of you need to go home after this night and talk to your checkbook. You need to tell that checkbook, you listen to me. I tithe, I give, and I refuse to be broke. Yes, now I'm believing you for wisdom, God, how to handle my money. Amen. <laughs> Can you stand one more money story? I promise we're not taking up an offering for a new building yet. We might, you never know. You get three or four preachers together, we're going to throw a hat in the floor, see what happens, right? <laughs> we were living in Amarillo, Texas. We were struggling. We, we had jobs, but they weren't very good jobs. Anybody been there? You, I mean, you're working your brains out and barely paying anything. So we're sitting in the dining room one night at the table. We had all our bills out. We had the checkbook out. There were way more bills. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is dumb. Like, this is not the will of God. So we laid our hands on our checkbook, and we started commanding the promise to come to pass. And those angels you were talking about, I saw one standing in our living room. I mean, it all happened like in a moment, but it felt like a long time. He was standing in our living room, and let me tell you, that sucker was big. I mean, they're no joke. They're not little fat babies floating around on clouds. <laughs> huh? If you got little fat babies flying around on clouds in your house, you need to throw them away when you get home. <laughs> I mean, he was gigantic. Like, he stood up out of our house it was like our ceiling cut away. And I was like, huh? And there was a little imp demon about that tall standing there. And they were in a sword fight. I could hear the swords hitting and I could see the sparks flying. And then it went away. And I looked at Sue. I said, never again, not one more day of my life will I ever worry about money. Ever. <laughs> ever. Why? Because God's on our side. I don't to worry about something God's taking care of. Amen? Come on, God's good. Man, 
man, I got two whole minutes. That was my introduction, praise the Lord. <laughs> now, the area of healing. I love teaching on healing. I love praying for people and watching them get well. Some of you need a touch from God in your body, in your mind, and it's yours. And all you have to do is receive. Well, I've tried. Well, it ain't about you trying. It's about believing. It's about receiving. It's about taking it into your own life and then start saying it. I know some of you think, well, I'm not going to say anything that's not true. No, healing is true. The fact is you may have something going on in your body, but the truth is you are healed according to the word of God. So I would rather agree with God and just say what God says about myself as I had to buy into the religious idea that says healing has passed away or it may be for some and it may not be for you or, you know, you never know God's will on healing. It may not be his will to heal you. Listen to me very closely. That is a lie straight out of hell. It is God's will for you to be whole. It is God's will for you to be well. It is God's will for you to be blessed. It is God's will for you to have more than enough. That is God's will. It's in his book. Amen. Now, how many of you know the story of Bartimaeus? He's sitting on the roadside begging. He hears Jesus coming. He starts yelling well, the King James probably says shouting, but we say yelling. Huh? He's yelling at Jesus. And the people with Jesus, they're good church folk. Said, hey, shut up, old man. Now, this is the Chris translation, so just bear with me. Shut up, old man. The Bible says he yelled louder. What was he doing? He was yelling over the religious crowd who was trying to dampen him down. Religion will always try to get you to shut up and sit in the corner. Always. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now remember, Jesus is still in a place where the law is in effect, but he's showing them a way that's different than the law. He's showing them the way of the kingdom. He's showing them the way of heaven. He said, behold, the kingdom of heaven is at close enough for you to touch. Watch what he does. Then in the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the express image of God. In other words, he's the exact likeness of God. If you want to know what God thinks, look at Jesus. So Jesus said, Hey, come here to me. Then they all got real holy. Oh, yeah, come on, come on. Come on. You know we do that sometimes. Right? Now, you check the story out when you get home. He threw his garment off. He was licensed by the government to wear that garment. That garment identified him as a beggar. And 
And some people in this room and watching online have been identified by religion as a beggar. But I'm telling you, your begging days are over. Your begging days are over. I said, your begging days are over. He threw that garment off, and when he did, he started on his way walking toward Jesus. He's declaring a new identity. He's declaring what Jesus is fixing to do. He's declaring that I'm the healed of the Lord. He didn't even say anything. He just started walking to Jesus with that garment off. He put down the old so he could take up the new. Amen. So what about the woman with the issue of blood? I feel like this whole conference has just been shotgun preaching. That's some of the best preaching when you just let it start rolling out. What about the woman with the issue of blood? 12 years. She'd spent all of her money and she wasn't any better. And the Bible says, your Bible, you can look in it, says she only grew worse. She defied the law to go to Jesus. She defied the law to get her answer. She defied what the religious said to get to God. She went out in the street. She was banned from public. She was, if she touched anybody, they would be deemed unclean. If she rubbed up against anybody, they would be deemed unclean. She was supposed to walk down the street saying, unclean! unclean, unclean, so people could get away. But that's not what the Bible says she did. The Bible says she pressed through the crowd. She wasn't putting up with no more religion. She was fixing to get her answer. Somebody had been telling her about Jesus. She didn't just happen to think this guy coming is gonna do something good for me. Somebody had been telling her about Jesus. She knew what was fixing to happen. She said, I don't have to have a counseling meeting with him. I don't have to sit down with him 47 times and him pump me up. All I have to do is touch the hem of his garment and I will, I will, I will, I will, I will be made whole. Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise. He's good. So she pushed her way through the crowd. She touched the hem of his garment and bam, she was healed in an instant. Why? Faith pulled it out of him. Faith is what pulls things out of heaven into your life. You gotta develop faith in the word of God. You build your faith on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Not coming to one conference meeting and then not coming back for six months. Not opening your Bible in the morning and never reading it again for a year. No, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. Can you stand a few more? Okay. Some of you need to get filled with the Spirit and pray in other languages. Wow. That's where we're stopping, preacher. Because I'm not doing that. You're cheating yourself. Well, now that's not, I didn't come from this kind of background. Let me help you with that. 
Are you born again? And then your background's heaven. So, yeah, you came from that background. Yeah, your background is heaven. Your DNA changed when you got born again. You're a child of God. So people say, well, who do you think you are? I'll tell you real quick. Y'all ready? I'm a blood-bought, fire-baptized, tongue-talking, water-walking, devil-chasing, demon-destroying, yoke-breaking, get out of my way, devil, religion-destroying, child of the Most High God. I have access to the throne of God. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm blessed to be an overcomer. I have more than enough. Every time I get out of bed in the morning, the devil cries like a little schoolgirl. The devil ought to be afraid of you. He ought to be sitting in a corner eating tums thinking, dear God, they're up again. Some of you should have left your devils in the car because we're fixing to deal with them. I figured if I had a shot over here, I wasn't going to play games. Your life may depend on it. Now to the area of church growth. Well, now we just like church little. Well, that's not God's idea. That's man's idea. So they can control some stuff. God's idea is he sent his son for the whole world. That's God's idea. So when your pastor talks about 100 campuses, don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. Well, you know, I don't know. I just don't know if I like that whole hundred campus thing. So you don't like people going to heaven. I mean, what if it's your uncle that doesn't go? What if it's your daddy that doesn't go? Then I bet we'd be talking a different story. Oh, you know, I'm really into that campus planting. Thank God they planted a campus in Henderson. I got a drunk uncle that lives over there and he fooled around and met John Tatum and he got born again and now he's on his way to heaven. Huh? And by the way, there are gonna be 100 campuses so you might as well just grin and get on with it now. Uh, There's no choice. Why? Because God's and people believed it. And the man and the woman that was called to be your pastor believed it with all their heart. They confessed it out of their mouth. I remember talking to him on the phone one day. He goes, man, Chris, God spoke to us to plant 100 campuses. I said, praise the Lord, I'm in, man. I'm in. What was I saying? I'll be here too. What was I saying? I agree with that. Come on, that's the word of the Lord. I'm in. What am I saying? Come on then, go. Go, go for it. Go, man, don't slow down. Go. Come on, you ought to be cheering them on every time. Go, go, go. Well, it's us four and no more. 
well, all y'all care about is preaching to a room full of people. You're right, because preaching to an empty one don't get nobody to heaven. I can preach to an empty one just like a full one. But I like preaching to full rooms. Every seat in this room that's empty, what it represents to me is somebody that didn't get a chance. It's like being in a lifeboat with a hundred life jackets. And going back to the ramp with 98. But there was a hundred. Well, they stunk. They didn't look like we did. That one was cussing. And I'm just telling you, we don't have time for cussing. <laughs> well, if you got him in the boat with you, you reckon maybe he'd talk a little sweeter? Hmm? And by the way, after I first got saved, <laughs> I still cussed. I thought it was normal. I still drank. I thought it was normal. It took me getting in the Word of God to get that out. That's where the consistency comes from. The power of God lies in the consistency of you putting yourself in a place where God can operate. Can you put up Hebrews 11.1? 1? I won't take much more time. I promise I'm going to pray for you. Now, Brother Hagin, he preached out of Mark 11 all the time. Somebody said, are you ever going to quit preaching out of that? He said, when you get it, I'll stop. I guess this is my Mark 11. I love it. Is it in the Amplified? Do y'all have it in the Amplified? I'll just read it in the Amplified. I preached this out a little bit out in Amarillo. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Well, you know, I gave an offering last night, and when I got home, there was no brand new car in my driveway. <laughs> it didn't say faith perceiving senseless stuff. If healing is the will of God, then regardless of what may be wrong with you, I perceive in my heart as real fact what's not revealed to my five senses just yet because God said so. That's faith. That's believing what God says over what your body says. And that's believing what God says over what the neighbor says that don't care about anybody going to heaven. That's what faith says over what your checkbook says. If you're a tither and you're a giver, now believe God for the wisdom to handle what he's given you. Come on. So we have a title deed. Yes? So when somebody tells you, you know, I liked going here until they started planting all these other churches. And you know, Pastor Brian and Jesse just aren't here all the time, and I just don't like that. I'm going to give you some advice that will help you. 
Y'all ready? I felt that again. You know what? I love going here and the fact that they're believing God to plant that many campuses. Are you serious? Can you imagine how many people are going to be blessed? Can you imagine how many families are going to be restored? Can you imagine how many people are going to go to heaven? I mean, come on, let's think about that for a minute. Come on, let's, let's, I mean, they're in the will of God. And they've researched the deed and they found out that it's God's will to populate heaven. So they're after it. Amen. So if they're after it, we're after it. I'm telling you, I'm for whatever they're for. You say, well, you pastor a church. It don't make no difference. I'm for whatever they're for. I'm for whatever they're for. Because they're my brother. They're my sister. They're my pastors. They're my friends. And I'm for what they're for. And I believe for what they believe for. And if they'd have told me a thousand campuses, I would have never stuttered. I'd have said, okay, then let's believe God for a thousand campuses. Let's get on with it then. You're going to have to hurry up unless you want to live to be 300. Just say, it's going to take a minute, you know. Now, if you come to church here regularly, look, I don't know all of you. If you come to church here regularly or you're regular at the Henderson campus, get involved. Don't just come in and sit down and leave. Be a part. Well, I don't really have a gift. You're breathing? You're breathing? Can you smile? I mean, you know, if you frown all the time, don't be a door greeter. But if you can smile, I mean, just stand at the door and wave at people when they come in. Just stand out in the parking lot. We're so glad you're here today. Well, is there a team for that? Just do it. They won't care. We're so glad you're here today. Are you on a team? Yeah, I'm on a team. What's the name of the team you're on? God's team. See? See how inviting? Y'all are like, what's behind that curtain? What? Just be friendly to people. I can make friends anywhere. Because the Bible says, if you want a friend, that's the word of God. I had faith in it. I started making friends. It's amazing. If you just believe the word of God and act on the word of God, and when the word of God's preached, take it into your heart. When they stand up here and talk about vision, dream with them. Believe with them. Give with them. Come on, they're giving. Give with them. Amen. Come on, stand on your feet. Can we sing holy ground again? Or do y'all already have a plan for something? We do what you say. I'm going to lay hands on myself so I don't get drunk on power. Huh? <laughs> I'm about like Pastor Shane, man. I'll lay hands on myself, fall out, catch myself, cover myself up, and get up and do it again. I don't care. Whatever. I can have church all by myself, but it's just not as fun. It's more fun with other people. We've been called 
to this area. To break the back of religion off of people's life. Pastor Brian, Pastor Patrick, Pastor John, I want you to stand right here. I text Pastor Brian another day. I said, man, we've been called to this area to break religion off of people's life. There's a lot of good people who are so bound up they can't get anything done with God. You're a preacher, aren't you? Get over here. You got to do what I say. Come here, Zeke. Come here, Chris Penn. Any more teachers, preachers? If you are, get up here. I don't know you. I text Pastor Brian the other day. I said, it's time that we assemble the troops and finish taking this land. There's a lot of good people between here and Henderson. There's a lot of good people between here and Crittenden County. There's a lot of counties around us that need God. They need people who will declare the word of God in faith with boldness, not afraid of that giant that's standing over there running his mouth. Why? Because we've seen God slay the lion in our life. We've seen God slay the bear in our life. And we know God will slay that giant too. He's been the old man in the rocking chair we're fixing to kick that rocking chair over. Huh? Done with it. Done with it. I'm tired of seeing people in bondage. I'm, I'm quite frankly, I'm wore out with seeing people who love God who aren't free. And that's some of you in this room right now. You love God. You're on your way to heaven, but you have zero freedom. But you can get it tonight. Because I came believing God that God was going to touch lives tonight and people were going to be changed from this moment forward and never be the same again. Never look at church the same again. Never look at your pastors the same again. Never look at honoring God the same again. Never look at coming in and worshiping the same again. Some of you don't want to raise your hands in church and you're commanded in Scripture 37 times to raise your holy hands in God's presence. Amen. Well, I didn't know that was in there. Read your Bible. We're to come in and offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. And some of you don't like that at all. Again, you can do without all you want, but it's not God's will. It's not God's will. There's a mandate on every one of us to fulfill the call that God placed on us. There's a mandate to stand in the front lines and be strong in the Lord. There's a mandate to train men and women under us to lead the charge to win this region for Jesus. You're gonna do it in Texas too and it's gonna be a lot bigger than you even think in your mind. It's gonna go a lot further than you can think in your mind but it's gonna come into your heart and God's gonna reveal it in your heart what he's gonna do in Texas 
they had a dust storm in Texas years ago, but there's going to be a Holy Ghost storm in Texas now. And you're going to lead the charge, and there are going to be men come along behind you that are going to march with you, who are going to take orders from you like soldiers, and you're going to take that region as well. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, you're touching these men. Touch them, Lord. Y'all just receive. Do not push back. Thank you, Lord. Touch him, Father. In the name of Jesus, touch him, Lord. In the name of Jesus, touch him, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch him, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Touch him, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on now. Don't just be spectators. Come on. Come on, let's worship. Come on, let's worship. You need healing in your body and you believe God will touch you. Come up here. In the name of Jesus, I command his heart be made strong. Command in the name of Jesus. This man is the healed of the Lord. We declare the word of God over his life. By the stripes on Jesus' back, he is healed. I command his body to line up with the word of God. You do what you were created to do. You live and not die. And you declare the works of the Lord. You be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we thank you for it, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, 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 be healed. Be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Be healed in the name, in the name, in the name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, touch, touch, touch him, Lord, in Jesus' name, touch, 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 touch him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Touch him, Lord, touch him, Lord.
over there? If you're over here and I didn't pray for you, I want you to come over here. Touch. Touch. Touch her, Lord, in the name of Jesus.
Listen up, listen up. You say, what if, I, what if I don't fall down? It don't mean anything. I didn't push anybody down. What happens? The power of God, you just sometimes you can't, it's just too much. Your body can't handle it. That's okay. That's fine. Who needs their thinking to change about money? Now feed that with the word of God after this prayer. Feed it. Put the word on it. Put the word on it. Same deal. I'm gonna come by and pray for you. There will be a deposit made. but you're gonna have to feed that area of your life to learn more about finance. Find out what God says. 50 millionaires are gonna be raised up in his church. I mean, we might as well go for it. Some of these aren't in your church. They're over yonder church. listen to me when you change how you think about money and you think about money like God thinks about it Jesus said money is the least thing it's the least thing you tithe obey the word of God give 10% of all your increase to the local house you're fed in that's not a preacher's idea. That's not some way we manipulate people to get paid. I know what religion says. Well, religion's a liar anyway. No. It's, God's not trying to get your money, by the way. And if you don't give a nickel, the lights in heaven will never flicker. No, God's trying to teach you something so he can get something to you. If you don't open yourself up, God can never pour through you. If there's going to be 50 millionaires in this campus, then you're going to need some different thinking. And you're going to need to understand that being broke is a curse. And being wealthy is a blessing. But you need the wisdom to handle it. 
Because you can be wealthy and dumb. You can spend money on foolish things. Or you can be wise and spend those pennies on people and populate heaven. And you got to start where you're at. Well, I don't have much. If I get more, I'll give. No, 10% is 10%. Start there. If all you can give over and above that is one extra dollar, do it. Do it by faith. Do it believing God. Do it knowing God's going to honor this. God's going to honor this principle. We were just talking on the way over here. We remember the first time God told us to give $20. It was a miracle. I even had a 20 in my wallet. I'm telling you, folks, we didn't have anything. Five jobs, barely paid the bills. People come to me sometimes, they're like, Pastor, I can't find a job. I'm like, I can find you six before sundown. Well, I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. We were in Walmart in Paducah. Walking around, getting groceries. And there was a couple in the aisle where the razors are. And they were debating now, girls, y'all appreciate this because the wife needed the razors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he needed gas to go to work. <laughs> Mama needs razors. Daddy needs gas. Guess who's getting what? All the women got quiet. <laughs> Look, we know. We're thumbing a ride to work is what we're doing. Sue came to me. She said, we're supposed to help that couple on the other aisle. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm thinking, this is insanity. She said, God spoke to me. Now, they weren't talking about, she said, God spoke to me to give them $20. I said, what? $20? I have a 20 in my billfold. I said, you go do it. She just walked over there and she said, she didn't go into this big long speech. She just said, I really believe I heard the Lord say, to bless you with this. God bless you. And then walked away. Didn't wait for a pat on the back. Didn't go over there in the aisle going. <laughs> you don't have to be weird about serving God. That was our first 20. Yeah, they came and told Sue why. What was going on. I remember a time when we needed a 20. Because I needed gas for work. And we had the discussion at our kitchen table. She said, how much money do you need this week? Come on, how many of you been in that living room? How much money do you need this week just to get back and forth to work? I said, it'll take $20 worth of gas. She said, we don't have it. I said, we need to pray. We were young in faith. I've learned quite a bit since then. So we just prayed and said, God, we've been tithing. 
We've been given what we can. We believe you. It was a Sunday afternoon and we took a nap. And I was going to go preach that night. Went out to the car. Get in the car. Sue said, what's this envelope? I said, I don't have a clue. Come on, how many of you got stuff in your car you don't know what it is? <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm around real people. You could jump a rabbit out of my truck back seat, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's an area of excellence. I need some help in. She said, I don't know. So we hopped in the car and we're back in the driveway. I said, we'll see what's in it. Can anybody guess? It was a 20. Where'd it come from? Did God make it? No, he's not a counterfeit. But he spoke to somebody. And somebody slipped up our driveway and laid it in our front seat. I don't know who did it to this day, but thank God for them. But those little things started showing us how God will honor a giving heart. It's don't, 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 you, if you're given an offering, don't go home and think, man, there's gonna be a pallet of gold bars on my front porch. No, there won't. There won't. But you might get five extra hours this week at work. Don't grumble. Take them and be glad. Amen. Are y'all ready? Me too. Same deal. I'll come pray for you. The power of God will hit you. You may fall. You may not. It makes no difference to me. I don't need a show. I'm not here for a show. I'm here to get results. So if you fall and flop or jump up and down and praise God, it makes no difference to me. Just change how you think. There's going to be a deposit made. You're going to think about money different from now on. When they talk about giving in an offering, you're going to be glad to if it's an extra dollar over your tithe. Remember, a tithe is 10% of all your increase. It's not a preacher's idea. It's God's idea. Started with Abram. He gave a tithe to Melchizedek, which is a type and a shadow of Jesus. before the law it is God's will can, can we stand on holy ground again come on y'all to be worshiping because your whole life's about to change praise the name of Jesus
tell you, his church, as far as that goes, now life in Christ, it's not ever going to be the same after this week. His church Amarillo, his church Dumas, not ever going to be the same since last week. Your lives will be different from this conference because you fed a place that was hungry. And some of you need to find a friend. Some of you need to find somebody you can talk to that's trustworthy. Hey, that don't have loud mouth phones. You need to find somebody you can trust where you can be yourself and they don't care. You need to find that person. Because it'll help you in life. Don't sit on the sidelines and be quiet. Because when you're quiet and when you refuse to talk, you start getting counseled by the enemy. And let me tell you, you can do some crazy stuff when counseled by the enemy. And if you're sitting in this room or standing in this room and you thought that suicide was the answer, I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus and I command life thoughts to come into your mind. I command life thoughts to come into you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of death in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the lying spirit of death in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're wonderful, God. Where's Pastor Patrick at? I'm done, brother. I've done what God told me to do. I don't know what else to do. I can't turn cartwheels. No, I'm terrible at it. 
Oh, you ought to see it. It's a, you don't want to see it. I got to preach tomorrow night. Well, let me ask you this. Have you experienced God in a way you never had before? Do you feel lifted in your spirit? Does your body feel different now? Has pain left? Has a broken place in your heart been mended? Have you stopped worrying about the bills? Listen to me. I learned this a long time ago and then give you the mic. A pastor told us years and years ago, if money is the only problem you have, you don't even have a problem. And if what you have in your hand is not enough to meet your need, then it must be your seed. Come on, that's good faith preaching right there. Huh? We could turn that into a rap song. I've sowed before because I had something in my hand that wouldn't meet my need. And I gave it all away. And then watched God pour out a blessing. If you think giving and receiving is not the will of God, you're too late to talk me out of it. You're too late to talk him out of it. If you think healing is not for today, you showed up late to the party to tell us it's not. And now you got a bunch of people in the room that are going to testify it is God's will. It's God's will for you to not be addicted to anything. Come on, everyone, bow your heads real quick. All over this room. And I, whatever it is, you could be addicted to yourself. You could be addicted to drugs. You could be addicted to other people's opinion. You could be addicted to pornography. There's a whole list of things you could be addicted to. But if it's anything that's taking all your time and leaving none for God, you need to get rid of it. It's got to go. All over this room, if you say, man, I've got an addiction and I need to be free from that thing tonight. Come on, I want to see your hand in the air. If you're sitting down, I want you to stand to your feet. I don't have time to pray for all of you now to lay hands on every one of you. I want you to receive right where you're at. I'm going to extend my hand and I believe God's hand is going to touch your body. Why do I believe that? Because the power of God's still in this room. Why is the power of God still in this room? Because believers are still in this room. And when you walked in the door, God showed up. Come on. We're full of the Spirit of God. We're full of the power of God. We're full of the anointing of God. It doesn't take the preacher just to lay hands on people. You've got hands. You can lay them on people. Amen. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom.
Come on, receive it all over this room. Say in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it in the name of Jesus. I declare I'm free. I'm not an addict. I'm free in the name of Jesus. I'm not in bondage. I live in freedom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.